friendship and 75 years age difference between the two of them um, yet they have a lot in common and um, a unique friendship that that I think is very special and I have enjoyed watching grow over the years and you both teach me the importance of intergenerational community and you have taught me about learning to listen and to understand and to love one another. So our conversation um, today is part of a series called Nurturing the Next Generation. And um, this conversation, among many others, is one in part um, of sharing who in our community works with young people and ministers to young people and helps young people grow. Um, I know there have been a series of children's ministers and educators and chaplains and leaders in the Memphis community that um, model love in action. And um, I hope that this conversation this morning um, models just that. About seven years ago, Catherine Pace's curiosity about the lady next door bubbled up inside of her so much that it sent her up and over the backyard fence. And although she was four years old at the time, she never hesitated to walk next door to initiate a visit with her next door neighbor, Betty Payton. And Betty and Catherine um, were fast friends and come to find out later, both um, members of Episcopal parishes in our community. And you all have a lot in common. And uh, Catherine, do you remember the first time you jumped the fence and went over to Miss Betty's porch? Well, I think I was just bored in the summertime and yeah. was curious. <laughs> Betty, do you remember the first time Catherine came and visited with you? I don't quite remember the first time. But one of the first times, I will never forget. Catherine comes over. She's got these sheets of paper. She couldn't be over five years old. She's got a contract. She's going into business. I'm thinking, she's got it all figured out, the, the finances, and how much she's going to charge. I'm thinking, this is the Warren Buffett of tomorrow. I loved it. What? a joy to see. Do you remember what your contract was for? What were you going into business about? I was going into housekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I think I do remember you've been asked several times to take care of Miss Betty's mailbox. Mail, but never housekeeping. That, that, <laughs> that one didn't work out quite. But you kept on trying. But I did keep on trying. You kept on trying. And you would keep watch over Miss Betty's house and her mailbox while she while she would go out of town from time to time. Yes. What other things do you enjoy about having Miss Betty as a neighbor? She's just kind of always there. Like, you never ring her doorbell and she doesn't really answer. She's always up for a visit? Yes. It, it truly is a joy to see her around the corner, come in, sit down, and we just sort of shoot the breeze about a little bit of everything, don't we? Yes. Right. I haven't seen Catherine in the summertime in particular, you know, when the sun is out late at night or later in the evening. Um, and Catherine's in the backyard, and I haven't seen her for a little while. Chances are she's on the porch talking to Miss Betty. Well, we have a lot in common. You, your name's Catherine, and I have a Catherine in my name. We both went to the same school. You're yes. still in the school. Yes, I am. Right. We sort of bonded over different things. Growing up, you know, the thing that you were prepared to do was either be a teacher or a librarian. And to see Catherine come in with a contract and thinking about going into business, that was really great. There's so, so many different worlds that are opening up to the women today. It gives your heart a lift. Well, I think one of the coolest things is we both went to the same school but we, I go to school at a complete different location mm -hmm. than she did. So I think that's so cool to see how much it's changed from those past decades. What kind of things do you learn from Miss Betty? Or maybe I should ask Miss Betty first. Yeah. What do you learn from Catherine? Catherine is a giver. She is a giver. I look around and she's come with a, a something she's made from camp or something that she's made at school. She's always giving, and that inspires me to be more of a giver. Well, I actually never have something specific to tell her. I never run over there because I have, like, big news or anything. I just sometimes go over there because we just haven't seen each other in a while. And she's always there to listen to you. Mm. And it doesn't matter what the topic is, whether it's school or if it's bake sale or if it's about Pat the Cat or Holly. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is, but she always seems so interested in the conversation. I think that's something we can all learn from is this being available and being present um, and being there for each other, not for anything just specific, but just to be present and in friendships and being present and available to listen. I feel like the world these days is, is very fast and it's very busy and it's very scheduled. And to have someone in your life 
that you know is always there that you can just share parts of the day with is really a gift. We talked a little bit about, Catherine, you growing up in the world today and the modern amenities that we have and the modern conveniences and and Google and Amazon. <laughs> We've talked about that a little bit and how Miss Betty, I don't, Miss Betty, do you even shop on Amazon? No. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your Google? when you were growing up. So would Catherine tell us, do, do you Google things? Do you enjoy Google Googling if to learn? I just randomly come up with a question mm-hmm. that I don't know the answer to. I just go to the computer and Google and it. You Google it. So Miss Betty, what was your Google? Well we went to the library and looked things up. Went to uh, the Encyclopedia Botanica. Is there such a thing anymore? Tell us about going to the library, Miss Betty. I remember going to the library as a child. I've honestly never been to the library. You've been to your school library. Well, school library, but right. Never liked the Memphis Library. Well, we need to take care of that. Don't we? <laughs> well, if you're lucky, you had somebody that would help you and find what you were looking for. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, you were on your own. But um, we basically went to the school library. I was a distance away from Memphis, so, so it was not easy to go to the Memphis Library. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I grew up in West Memphis, Arkansas. The school system was having some trouble, so my father sent us over to Memphis to school. So we drove back and forth, and um, that's why it was. We spent a lot of time in the car with our buddies carpooling and uh, got to be very close friends with those that came to school over here. I grew up Presbyterian. It was a fun time. It was sort of a different time because the school was on, uh, Hutchison School was on Union Avenue at the time. Really? uh, Where the police station is, was. And uh, we had a barn for a gymnasium, but the school took up several houses. And uh, there were about eight of us that came back and forth every day mm-hmm. over a one-lane bridge. So it was it was a different time. You went, you've been over the bridge quite a few times in your right, lifetime. Right, you? right. And, uh, you know, if a car broke down, you were just stuck. And the teachers would say, get up earlier. Well, we were getting up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was great. It was great. And of course, the friendships were wonderful. So. What what kind of things did you do for fun when you were 10 years old? <laughs> well, you know, interestingly, <laughs> we drove around a lot. Yeah. My father was in the car business and we had cars when we were. <laughs> <laughs> we had little motor scooters and so... We just went to the movies and did regular things. You had a lot of freedom. Watch wrestling on TV. (laughs) I definitely don't do that at home. (laughs) At all. Well, when the first TV came out, that was about the only programs you could watch was the wrestling. Yeah, Miss Betty grew up during a time when you had to wait on things to come on 
television. Like there was TV programming, but you couldn't order anything on demand like you can today. Mm-hmm. So your experience of television growing up was very different than than Catherine's experience. Mm-hmm. So Miss Betty knows the virtue of, of patience and waiting. <laughs> what what did they call it? The, the, we used to just sit and watch the the oh, signal. The signal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What are some of the things that you have enjoyed talking to Miss Betty about over the years? Probably the most common thing that we talk about is either school, just because it's just a huge connection. And like, for example, spring break is coming up Mm -hmm. or if it's close to fall break. Most likely we're talking about what we're doing for those breaks. I'll never forget one of my very first memories of Miss Betty being there for Catherine as a good neighbor and a good friend was um, um, years and years ago. Um, I think I was JK. I were you I in junior what, kindergarten or you can, you know what I'm going to say. I think I <laughs> but we got in a pinch because um, neither one of neither set of Catherine's grandparents live here in Memphis and they're, they're both out of town and we got in a pinch and we needed a grandparent for grandparents day. And I thought, Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? And Miss Betty to the rescue, I went right next door and knew exactly who I needed to ask because she was our next grandparent in line and you know what she showed up with bells on and was ready to ready to step right in and that was when you were a little little baby I girl you that in day. junior kindergarten and um, we got in a pinch and Miss Betty stepped right in she didn't think twice about it and um, I thought you know what and I've said this often Everybody needs a Miss Betty in their life, and I'm just so grateful that that our Miss Betty is next door um, because we do. We need to watch out for each other, and I will be forever grateful as a parent, you know, to have um, a friend and a neighbor who is who acts out of love and out of friendship, um, and takes care of, mu- of 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 us as much as we look out for her and. Um, and, you know, I think the world would be a better place if, if we all had a Miss Betty in our life. I 100% agree. How flattering could you be? Well, the, I mean, you know, the importance of, of community is, is everything. And um, especially for for parents raising kids, we say all the time it takes a village. And, um, you know, I just finished teaching um, with Father Jay a, a two-week parent series on, you know, will our children have faith? And um, we learned um, in exploring this topic that the foundation of faith for our children really lies in community. And um, the community of faith is is everything. Um, that's where children see faith modeled for them. You know, you can't teach faith. Um, you can teach religion and you can teach theology, but you can't teach children faith. They have to own it and they have to see it and they have to see it modeled. So 
in a community where you have friends and you have um, fellow church members and neighbors who are willing to step in and be there for you, that's community. That's that's faith modeled. That is love modeled. That's love in action. And, and we need a lot more of that in this world. I think we um, learn so much from um, walking in other shoes and, and hearing stories from people um, of different ages and different generations and different parts of town. And I mean, how interesting would our world be if we only, you know, knew of, of, of the people in our, in our one corner? Um, it wouldn't be very interesting. And, and we learn and we grow when we listen to the stories of others and the stories are are the way we teach each other i mean what the world used to be like how far we've come where we're going what's good about that what's not so good about that um the generations that came before us um have the memory and they have the stories that are treasures and we need to treat them as such I think basically it's one-on-one communication. I think when you don't get the one-on-one, the body language included in the language, I think you're missing a lot. I mean, we're, we're born to be together, that's for sure, not to be separate. And we're born to have relationships. Absolutely. And, and I think that was one of the hardest things about COVID and, you know, when we were all kind of in our own spaces, we're meant to be in community together and we're meant to have relationships and we're meant to connect. Um, and that was tough. That was tough. Kevin, what, what do you think about that? About COVID? Oh, we're just about relating to one another and like being together in community. You missed it, didn't you? Well, I'm a very social person (laughs) so it was really hard for me when um, COVID hit because I didn't get to be with a lot of different people Mm -hmm. and Miss Betty was one of the people that I was not able to talk to Mm -hmm. that much until maybe like five months later and so much had changed since then and if we don't connect with each other then it's just sad life isn't as interesting right Mm -hmm. no yeah (laughs) i don't think you can be a christian by yourself i think i think you have to you know connect with one another and and be that can in the hands and feet of God together, and um, we're meant to to be Christian in community. Betty, how how was the how have the last two years been for you? Interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, you're very cautious about where you go, and, uh, and you just don't go out much. You know, the only thing that comes close to it was the polio years ago, and. Basically, in the summertime, we were kept at home because they all, everybody thought it came from swimming pools. So we didn't get to go swimming much. But that's as close as it's come to comparing to today. 
I'm curious, you know, we are in the world of screens now and we have these devices that connect us and we have these screens and computers and podcasts and, um, you know, amazing technology that connects us. But like Betty said, there's really nothing more connecting in the world than being face to face and in the same room with someone. Um, Betty, are you on, are you on a laptop or screens or anything like that? I, I have a computer that I... <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. I, I'm basically computer illiterate, but that's okay. <laughs> that's a good, it's probably a good choice. <laughs> um, Catherine, you, you use screens in school. Um, certainly when we were at home during um, the pandemic, um, you were able to connect um, with your teachers in your classroom through a screen. Um, but do you, what do you think about Miss Miss Betty just being an in-person kind of person? Um, do you agree with that? Yes, I do. I mean, you say that screens sometimes help us connect, but I also think sometimes they can do the opposite of that and they can leave you distracted mm. and realize that you're actually not connecting with that many people. Mm -hmm. Remember this Christmas when we were yes. we were home, we were isolated, and we had to we had to talk yes. to our family on the screen. How did that make you feel? Just so sad. Like I never had really realized how much of a difference it made to be with um, your grandparents or any of your family members in person than them being on a screen because it's really so much more of a difference. Mm -hmm. So this past Christmas, um, we were all at home and we were isolated and, and, um, and getting over COVID and, um, and we had to connect with our family who we're always with at Christmas time and the holidays. Um, and that was a first and that was a first and I think, hopefully a last. Too. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that really, um, was a very good illustration of yes, we can connect with screens. Yes, it does. It does make that communication possible, but it's, it's not the same. It's not the same as, as connecting one-on-one and being in the same room with your loved ones and your friends and the people you care most about. So I think that was a, a real illustration of, of what, we, what we've gained through technology, but what we've also lost. I wonder in a world full of so much and constant abundance all the time, um, you know, we have so many things and so much stuff, as I've heard Miss Betty say, um, you know, if, if we run out of, of space, hey, we have the iCloud, you know, there's always an abundance of everything. And I wonder what both of you think, um, what does the world really need more of and less of? It needs more community. It needs more community. It leaves less indifference. It's easy to be indifferent. Mm -hmm. You don't have an obligation. You don't care. I think when you have one-on-one -on -one community, you all of a sudden become caring. And accountable. 
I mean, we're accountable to each other when we live in community. Right. We we want to we want to take care of each other, and we have accountability to each other to to check on each other and to encourage each other and support each other. What do you think, Catherine? What does the world need more of? It needs more kindness and random acts of it, not even thinking about it and just doing it because it really, it can make a person stay to do that. That's a good point. And you said that earlier about not having a reason to run over and check on Miss Betty and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, how's your day? But you just go, you just do it. What do you think the world needs less of? I think the world needs less judgment of things that really don't matter. Like when you look at the big picture, things that some people think that are really important are not the most important thing. Yeah. I wonder, because we all, everybody here at this table, feels like friendships and relationships are one of the most important things in life. I wonder how your faith shape your friendships and how your friendships shape your faith. Do they, do they affect each other? Do they, um, do they mold one another? Um, how is your faith encouraged, encouraged your relationships? That's a big Good question. question. Yeah. <laughs> of course your faith puts you in the area of similar people with similar feelings. Mm -hmm. So that affects your relationship. Mm -hmm. And the stronger someone else is, the stronger it helps you be. And it gives you courage to move out of your comfort zone and to make other relationships. I was growing up in a faith community, Catherine. You've you've grown up here at St. John's since you were little. Well, no, I mean since you were a baby. You were baptized here, born. born and baptized here. So, so how has growing up in a faith community nurtured your friendships of people, obviously with all ages, of all ages? Yes. Um, well, I always love coming to church on Sunday and everyone that you know there it's just like a gigantic family because it's hard not to know someone I think that's how a church should feel uh -huh. I have to share with you Catherine that um, today I was talking to Canon Sharon at the diocesan office and I told her that I was going to be coming over here today to talk with you and Miss Betty and and Canon Sharon was just Oh, Catherine, she is my favorite. And and, it, and I think that you really gave that feeling of welcome to her because, you know, she has she goes around to all the churches in our diocese. And a lot of times when she comes around, people get a little nervous because they're afraid that she's, you know, she's a person in charge. And um, and so sometimes they're like, uh oh. I hope we hope we are doing the right things. But when she saw you, you you made her feel welcomed and you made her feel really like she belongs here. And I think that that is that made a really big difference to her. So it was about maybe a year ago or two, mm -hmm. year and a half. 
and the first it was at a reception after church i'm not sure who it was for but and you and ken and sharon were talking and i just kind of came over there because it was towards the end and the first thing i heard her talking about was her cats <laughs> and um we didn't have a dog at that time so it was i, I had a lot different personality about cats sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but you, but, you shared you shared your stories about pat, pat the cat, cat i remember that yeah pat, fat cat and <laughs> that just kind of led a big connection mm-hmm. and then so on and i think that if we if we listen to people and we take the time to talk and stop we learned that we have a lot more in common than not yes um you know one of it reminds me of you and miss betty um and when you were little when you hopped the fence my pink cowgirl boots yeah your pink cowgirl cowgirl boots you remember that betty yeah (laughs) she she never took the cowgirl boots off but i'll never forget she hopped that fence and that fence is such a metaphor for me. I mean, we all have fences in our backyards and metaphorically speaking, you know, fences um, can prevent you from connecting and seeing each other. Um, Some people use fences for just that, but metaphorically speaking, y'all just hopped right over that fence and didn't let it keep you from seeing one another. Um, And you took the time to, listen and share and get to know each other so that you realized how much you do have in common or how much you do enjoy being together and you you definitely do that with, with people of all ages that's so true i mean if i hadn't hopped that fence with my pink cowgirl boots and my little four-year-old self then right now we probably would not be having this conversation and we would not know each other as well and it would be so much different and i think that's the same way about everyone and friendships and relationships what do you think the key to friendship is listening the time spent you got to spend a little time and to take to take the time take the time and to be patient we're all growing and we never stop learning um and it's a beautiful thing to to watch a friendship unfold with someone else and not be rushed and to grow in its own time and that's what I love the most about watching the two of you is that y'all don't rush anything. <laughs> and, and the best thing is, Catherine, Catherine gave me a birthday party this year. <laughs> I drove up and my fence was decorated and she brought cakes and flowers. And Holly. And Holly over for my birthday. Were you surprised? I was, did, you, did you know it was coming? She had suggested that <laughs> she was going to do something for my birthday. Mm-hmm. What a joy. 
I don't know who loved it more. I think Catherine may have enjoyed planning it. <laughs> I am a planner. <laughs> that was a fun day. It was so fun. So in the tradition, and the Faithfully Memphis tradition of asking all of our guests and each of our visitors what gives us hope, Catherine, what gives you hope? People, not just like a few, but I can't even name half of them. There's so many people like you and Miss Betty and Miranda and Shay. And there's so many more like my teachers, but I don't think I should name them all. (laughs) (laughs) Betty, what do you think? What gives you hope? The younger generation gives me hope. I have been involved with a number of young people that have gone into civic services professionally and are, are doing such wonderful works. And to me, that's the answer, is getting involved in community. Just getting involved. Get your hands dirty. Thank you so much for what a delightful conversation we have had. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in to Faithfully Memphis. This is Allison Pace, and I have been having wonderful talk with Catherine Pace and Betty Payton on the joy and the the true gift of friendship of every age and the importance of community and how it gives us hope and love for the days to come. Thank you. This is Catherine Pace and I hope everyone stays safe and stays hopeful.